And now for something completely different. First of hopefully many uh, ongoing bonus episodes of the Back to the Tardis podcast, the podcast where we cover every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. This week, we're not talking about that revival. In fact, we're going back to the much more cursed time of 1996, because we are talking about the first attempted revival of doctor who uh a in an american made for tv movie on fox <laughs> i i did not know that context and wow uh, yeah it helps wow it helps <laughs> so... wait wait wh- why are you saying it helps <laughs> I mean that that's more in a patronizing like lessening it, the pain way not in any actual yeah, it makes, beneficial manner. It makes manner. the jank slightly more forgivable but yeah. yeah. Okay, no. okay. I will be straight up. I you know, I didn't mind the jank. I thought this was really good. Yeah, no, it's it's not bad. It's I I I'll I'll, I'll get into it uh, in yeah. just a second, but I I let me do the rest of my uh spiel. Um this is the first story and only for 17 years uh on-screen appearance of paul mcgann as the lovely the wonderful the ancom eighth doctor (laughs) um it's also the actually the last appearance of uh my 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 dude sylvester mccoy is the seventh doctor which i'll also talk a little bit about that um this was supposed to potentially hopefully serve as a backdoor pilot for a an ongoing series that didn't really work out obviously because i think they had not great ratings because they put it up against something so like nobody watched it because they had like something else going on at the time damn major l yeah uh i guess to to start off i'll just say there's a couple things here one um it's interesting how the jank slash cheese in this particular thing is a very different brand of cheese from like both incarnations of doctor who like it's not classic jank slash cheese and it's not modern cheese or like series one jank yeah it's a very uniquely it's a very uniquely american jank it's very uniquely american and it is very uniquely 1990s made for tv movie oh yeah made in america baby we did it like watching this everything from like the the you know the the soundtrack to the directing to the set design felt like something you'd watch in like a 90s or early 2000s made for tv disney movie yeah like you could tell that this was when like buffy and the x-files were like the big thing yes absolutely it's just also i'm gonna i'm gonna post I'm going to post this poster that was an actual promotional poster that I found off of Wikipedia. Because who, oh. boy. Who? That's... <laughs> Someone should hand their degree back. Damn. <laughs> Graphic design is my passion. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh my god! <laughs> I thought modern Doctor Who posters were weird. Oh my god! Yeah, definitely the, the the master character was trying very hard to be the Terminator. Like, very yeah. hard to be the Terminator. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, um, but I think more, more, more Im imp importantly, what I was going to say is that despite all that jank, I can very clearly tell that the show that I love is in there. And not just in the sense of, like, yes, it's Doctor Who, but I can also very clearly see where RTD even took, like, some things, I feel, like the more, the more actionized, frenetic pace the the more youth how the more youthful doctor acts take took a lot of that and and put that into the new show even though for a while i don't know if it ever really had like backlash if this if this was nowadays the people would probably have had backlash but um it had been a it had been long enough and b i think that because that you can still clearly tell that there's sort of like the spirit in Doctor Who of Doctor Who in here, even if it's slightly covered in like '90s jank and like clearly like corporate mandated plot cliches. Like it's the the show is still there. Yeah, uh, and it definitely came across as like a TV movie, but it did very much feel like a Doctor Who TV movie. You know, like. Yeah, it, it it was, it was definitely like the tone of it overall was definitely surprising for me. But like once I got what it was doing, that I was like, yeah, I vibe with this. This is all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess the the other thing that I want to point out is that as well as this, like as much as I think this works, like this is from the perspective of a fan of the show who already knows how all the mechanic works. One thing I will definitely say is I think even if the show had, like even if this wasn't in a more, a very competitive time slot and even if this like actually got good views, I don't know if it would have if it did turn into a series if it would have lasted very long because i feel like this if if rose is an example of how how to introduce the show how to bring it back from the dead in a, in a format that's concise and easy for newbies to jump on and still carries the spirit of the show this carries the spirit of the show but it's not very concise and i don't think it's the best for newbies like as much as I love the fact that they got Sylvester McCoy back and had him hand off his role, I definitely think it would be very confusing to have the person advertised as the lead be initially played by someone else and not appear until, like, 20 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, and also... Yeah. God. Also the exposition dump. Yeah, oh my god, just... That's probably the jankiest part of the whole movie. Like, yeah, watching it's like this eight as... is narrating. Eight narrates over seven, and it's like, I was nearing the end of my seventh life, and it's just like, are you looking back? Are you saying that your lives can age yeah. and then die? Like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. It, yeah. Yeah. It's it's very much that feels like I think that thing was also supposed to be longer. And then that was like partially cut for time. Yeah, which and then... makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like I think, I think if I look it up, like the guy who they had uh, cast to who like who is the master in that one shot where uh, he gets murked by the Daleks, which also sound very stupid because they're not using the normal like they're using a not the usual audio effect and b a bad audio effect and, and and also just like you know i obviously love love this or uh, yeah i like this thing a lot um but it, you know thinking of it as like a first you know introduction i'm like yeah this would work like jumping straight in with a very convoluted master plot and yeah. a regeneration like like it's like i feel like <laughs> this is like the mastery of rtd because rtd had the brilliant thing of like 
what did Unearthly Child do? I don't even think the Doctor shows up in Unearthly Child until, like, the last ten minutes of the episode. Because they were 30-minute episodes. Like, you center it through the viewpoint of the companion. Because they are an everyman. They ma it makes sense to censor their viewpoint from them and then introduce them to the fantastical stuff. Don't start with the fantastical character. Yeah. But what I, yeah. God. It's and just, here, oh my God. It's really, thr this, this thing really throws a baby into the deep end. Like, <laughs> yeah. Here, we're going to talk like, about the master, regenerations, TARDIS mechanics, all of it. The all Daleks. one episode. Yeah, throw the Daleks in there, name drop like three and different it's not planets. Even, it's not even yeah. the Daleks that like make sense. It's just like, okay, Daleks holding a trial, one weird daleks no. granting a request of the master and just giving him to the doctor no. and not trying to kill both of them i'm just like what no is yeah, <laughs> yeah what um, also but yeah so yeah uh apparently the uh person who plays the master in that one shot where you you can't see his face but he still got a a credit for it which is nice at least you could, he was actually supposed to have, I think, a bit of a bigger appearance, and he was also supposed to narrate the intro before they, they changed it to eight narrating. It's interesting, because if you look at the picture, he looks like he's playing someone that looks very much, like, they look like he's doing, like, the Anthony Ainley Master kind of look, or the, the Roger Delgado. Yeah, I totally see that. Like, it's a very conventional Master look. Oh, absolutely. The old, like, Machiavellian sort of look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, then we are introduced to Seven, who is clearly aged. Um, one thing I like about the Expanded Universe is they kind of talk a little about how Seven gets here and how he eventually gets tired of being, like, the ruthless Machiavellian. Like, he gets tired of all of that and, and very sort of world-weary, which is why he's, like, much more content to, like, chill the fuck out here in his very brief appearance um also we need to talk about what is probably the best part of the film that isn't paul mcgann the tardis interior this it might actually genuinely be if not my favorite then like top three or tied for second or t like tied for first it oh, is really good i i will just straight up like say this is this is number one for me this is like no contest yeah. like the the Okay, I sort of mentioned it before, but the set design... They put they... more work into the aesthetic design of the TARDIS than they did in anything else in this movie. <laughs> like, okay, okay, just, just like, I mentioned before, like, set design is an example of something that felt very, like, 90s, early 2000s TV movie, and the vibe the, the interior gave me was, like, the Wizards of Waverly Place movie, or, like, some other, like... I've never yes. fucking... <laughs> Or like, yes. or like, okay, literally any other uh, Disney made-for-TV movie about like wizards, magicians, magical things. That's the exact vibe the TARDIS interior has, and I fucking dig it. Cause like, I don't know, like you see after a certain point, the like futuristic or like weird TARDISes kind of. You know, it just kind of gets a little repetitive. And so, like, just going like, for the... Like, yes, at this point, I know steampunk, like, Edwardian is really cliche. At the same time, it looks rad as fuck and meshes with both the design of Seven that is presented in this film and Eight very, very well. Okay, but, like, it's not even just... Because it, it's more than just Edwardian, because then the, the cloister chamber is, like, straight up, like, gothic medieval... And yeah. like I, yeah. I, I, like I Jules Verne, vibe with that. Yeah. very Jules Verne. Yeah, it's very it's like just like yeah, it, it's, it's neo gothic. That's what I was thinking of. It, like only it's just such a good where... vibe. It's such a good vibe. Go ahead. It is. That was it me. feels <laughs> one of the only times when like fucking it feels like not just his sh his ship but also his home. And I generally prefer the like more organicy feeling anyway like i like nine and ten tardis i like 11's first tardis i kind of like the crystalline stuff they do with 13 but it's all very cold and any time to just see something aside from the control room like journey to the center of the tardis is like a meh episode but at least it does that and to see something that looks like the doctor lives there and can like chill and not just be 
doing adventures for the TV show, it's just like, yes, more of this, please. Chibnall, take notes. Yeah, yeah, and it's also it's also very, you know, in my opinion, it's probably the TARDIS that aligns with its user the best, like in terms of interior yeah. design. Like you to like you, you know, obviously it starts off as being sevens, but it's obviously made for eight, <laughs> and, and, and like it matches eight's aesthetic so perfectly. Like yeah, yeah, you, and you kind of get that with nine's TARDIS because yeah. you know he's got the very like. Uh, you know the yeah the grunge the grunge yeah the look. grunge the grunge as I said he's the post left or as you said the, the <laughs> nine is a post yeah. leftist and, and the the uh, yeah. the TARDIS uh, looks to match but it's not quite as like aligned in terms of like personality yeah. and aesthetic but this one is just like spot on you see that TARDIS and you're like I know like what kind of person is yeah. here you know like I think my one criticism is like if it had like a little bit more of like something to show the organic element a little bit more but otherwise yeah it's it's great. Um it I even think I even think it inspired like some of the new design new who's design a bit more because it's actually the first TARDIS design where the center console goes all the way up to the ceiling. Huh. Nice. That actually started here. That's cool. I have a big finished question for you, Jeff. Um, does I don't, I don't know how much of like eight's content you've consumed, but does like his general aesthetic of like the TARDIS and of him, like does that generally stay the same? Does it evolve radically? I know in Night of the Doctor, he's I mean generally wearing yeah, the same no, thing. There's but... no no actually, and I will I will talk about that a little bit more. So visually, like obviously, there's no visuals, so you don't really know what the TARDIS interior there looks like, and they don't show it in Night of the Doctor at all. Um, but I, I kind of headcanon that it was probably maybe he had changed it up somewhat, uh, so it was a little bit closer to like the War Doctor's console room, but it was still fairly uh, similar. I think, or at least that's that's my headcanon. And then in terms of his appearance, they use through like most of his early lifespan, like up to when they started doing like in like box sets for him. Uh, they had like the the Edwardian that costume, the long hair, such and such. Um, and then once like they started to get more into the time war and they started to be like okay let's just completely break eight so we get him to the completely just destroyed state that he's in by uh night of the doctor they developed a new look where he's got shorter hair which is much more like the hair that uh paul mcgann normally has and a different more sort of like 18 like almost like like an army field medic i guess maybe even like uh like oh let's the the let's see what is it described as Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hold on. Let me let me find a picture of that. <laughs> I looked up the eighth doctor, and one of the things that popped up is a YouTube recommendation that says the eighth doctor stays indoors and indoors and reads a book for one hour. <laughs> <laughs> on brand on brand yeah this is this is what he was at by sort of dark eyes night of the doctor costume uh copy this is night of the doctor a big finish story no that's did, have you not seen the night of the doctor uh, I might... Uh, okay, I'm bad with episode names. Uh, it's it's one of the mini episodes that they did for the 50th that was, like, the one other time he's appeared on screen and was his on-screen regeneration. Did, I, I have not seen that then, no. 
Holy shit, that's actually one of my favorite episodes. It's good even stuff. It's only like five minutes long. Anyway, yes. This is what he, he looks like in Night of the Doctor, I believe. Damn. I dig the boots. Yeah. So yeah, yes. he would dig the boots. So yes, he changes up like as he goes on and obviously it's to sort of uh, reflect how he gets kind of broken by the horrors of war. Like, he's a very different person than what we see in this film at that point. Oh yeah, he's super right. bright. I could almost see some of the, like, wonder of, like, Eleven's shtick being, like, he can see the special and, like, make the normal people feel special. I could see a lot of that, like, wonder and inspiration in Eight, yeah. which obviously is a little bit different by the end of his life but it it's cool to see that here in 1996 any yeah anyways i we should probably actually like go uh, follow the plot a bit more because we've been very off track this whole time um true i have to say the funniest fucking thing is like they they go it's almost like how john nathan turner went super overboard with like when he was executive producer every single doctor that he was underneath which included the end of four all the way to the show getting canceled everyone wore question marks on their their shirt to some capacity if the the whether it was like the collar or the cuffs or seven had like the the question mark pullover um and instead here they just do like sevens reading uh, the Time Machine by H.G. Wells, and the record that he's listening to skips on the word time repeatedly. <laughs> Not on the nose at all. Anyways, then the, the Master uh, breaks out of this casket, and I have to say, this is probably the single most unfortunate thing in the whole episode, which is... Uh, the master, for some reason, despite clearly being like vaporized, incinerated, is represented as a <laughs> trail of whitish-looking slime, which is extremely unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, the TARDIS is having a fun time, I guess. Master, and it like master. it's like that fucking t2 like liquid terminator effect but so much worse because it's tv movie i'm just yeah. like okay when has the master had this power when are they ever going to establish it again i mean aside from the fact that they're stubborn as fuck and won't die like that's consistent but everything else is just like you know liquid terminator powers snake eyes snake you know form whatever the fuck like sure let's go with it yeah <sighs> so yeah uh they land in san francisco 99 1999 which i have to say it's also like like, when you think about it, not only do they not go to America that often, they don't go to, like, America in, like, the 90s. Like, I don't even think they've had that many, like, things than to go to the 90s if it wasn't, like, a contemporary episode. Yeah, I can't think of any. Yeah. Um, also, I have to say, F in chat for my favorite classic Doctor who goes out in the most, like, like, F way, getting <laughs> shot up by gang members because he, for some, like, did his usual walking out of the TARDIS shtick in a, in a occasion where that really wasn't safe, and then accidentally getting murdered by surgeons. <laughs> You don't understand his alien biology. Yeah, homie just gets absolutely fucking murked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's just oh man. Like okay, because because you know hilarious. he's he's very much like the scheming Machiavellian, right? And it's yeah. it's just so fitting that the way he finally goes is just like randomly getting shot, walking out of the TARDIS. Like, 
Just like, like he doesn't get out, out of team. Of... Nobody beats him. It's just some random assholes who just happen to shoot the fuck out of him. And then <laughs> yeah, the the idea of the doctor like dying on a surgery bed is like it, it's a really interesting thing. Like what would happen if just random human surgeons like got a hold of his body? And the answer is they would fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, and like, like oh breaking... god, it made me so uncomfortable when she's just like, yeah, let me just jam this thing in, like, bro. Like, I don't think that's how cringe. doctors work. Yeah, that was definitely a very, um, questionable moment. She's like, yeah, let yeah. me see if this works. Jams a fucking tube into his artery. Oh no, it didn't work. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> I kept thinking when that happened, it's just like, of all the things that obviously this only works in like retrospect but of all the things that like clara saves the doctor from death so many times of all these like extraordinary circumstances and yet it's like oh yeah he's just gunned down like unironically i like that but the joke that was playing in my head was just like clara's just like no nah, he he's fine there <laughs> um but yeah it's, yeah i like uh, that that's also, how he goes out yeah, I have to say, um, oh yeah, that's the funny thing is like none of them even really hit him in that bad of a place. Two in the leg and one in the shoulder. Yeah, and, and the shoulder one passes straight through. It's just the doctor's absolutely fucked it by jamming a fucking tube through his arteries. <laughs> yeah, and like being like, oh, he's fibrillating or whatever. No, no, he just has two. Um, I have to say... Grace is, like, a weird... Like, it's so weird that they introduce her by, like, she's all dressed up at the fucking opera. We we know why. We know why. Like, it, it's just like, okay, that's a little bit, like, weird and eccentric. Which is weird because she ends up playing the, the straight person in this one to, like, eight shenanigans. <laughs> So, like, any of that eccentricity that you see at the start is, like, thoroughly ignored for the rest of the film. Um. And this is where, like, I got weird vibes from, like, thinking that, like, oh, this was going to set up, like, potentially a new series. It's just, like, we have Grace introduced, we have, um... Tommy? I forget I forget his name. Chang. I don't know why I was thinking Tommy. Um, we have them both introduced, and then it's just like... They, they, they don't go with him at the end. And I know I'm skipping ahead to, yeah. like, literally the end, but it's just yeah, like they I spend know. so much time setting up Grace as, like, she's not a normal doctor. She's not a normal person. Oh, yeah. she butts heads with the head of the hospital, and... Uh, and but Chang also, is just like, like a at, whatever. <laughs> Chang Lee is a fucking Indiana Jones character. Yes. True. Oh my god. I actually <laughs> thought that <laughs> as I was seeing it. Also, like, I hate to say it because I don't think the actress is that bad and clearly doing like the absolute best with what she was given. But Grace just isn't a fucking interesting character. I don't care. Like, I, I didn't care. Like, even Rose, I still, like, has a very good setup, and you understand why she's interesting, why she cares, etc., etc. Like, literally, I think if you just rewrote wrote the first 20 or so minutes to be from her perspective, and she's just doing her job, and then finds this weird dude that has, like, two two hearts and then accidentally kills him and then they ch shift to that perspective and then later sort of fill in that exposition stuff in sort of like the mid second act and explain like what the hell was going on i think that would have made this like a much better setup and it would also have given more time for her character to develop by herself so you sort of understand what she's about and set up potential character threads like supposedly she has an ex that's like never really shown and just kind of serves as a throwaway joke a couple of times like we don't really know anything about her 
Whereas RGD is like, here is Rose. Here is her family. Here is what her life is like. Here is where she works. Oh no, this place where she works just got blown up and there were weird mannequin people in the basement. Yeah, 8 has a whole thing of like, you know, you've had a dream of like, preventing death or like, he says something like that and yeah. I'm just like, okay, I get that on the surface, but like, I don't feel that from her. And the fact that it kept coming up, like, even to the very end of just like, yeah, it's you did it. Late. And I'm just yeah. like, I kind of don't care. Like, yeah. I care in the basic sense, but I don't actually care. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so weird. Um... Then the uh, ambulance paramedic uh, who took the doctor in uh, gets <laughs> gets master gist. <laughs> um, uh, and we say hello to Eric Roberts doing a Terminator impression who uh, ends up being uh, our main villain here. He's, I have to say, I don't, I don't feel like, um, I don't, like, I feel like some people might criticize, uh, the master in this film, and I don't think Eric Roberts as the master is bad. Like, I think, well, the, the mechanics and the weird, like, snake eyes and the, like, spit semen power thingy is weird and not that great <laughs> at the same time um i feel like he's this level of like campy entertainingly evil that we don't like it's not the same brand as of campy entertainingly evil as like anthony ainley it's its own kind of beast and not one that you see very much with the master so yeah he's also smart in how manipulative he is like i don't think if that was like john sim master or something like like the crazed um renegade time lord i don't think that would come across as well um i researched that apparently they were originally trying to get like christopher lloyd to be the master which would have been fucking crazy <laughs> that would have um, been hilarious yeah that would have been so funny apparently the original reason why they opted out of that was like oh he'd cost too much and then um the the guy they got um eric roberts ended up actually costing more so that's fucking weird but uh yeah, yeah you know, he, doesn't, he doesn't do a bad job because of yeah, Eric Roberts is literally here because he was a somewhat recognizable name and they wanted, like, a bigger name on it if Paul McGann was going to play the Doctor. Um... So then we see eight, uh, well, seven regenerate into eight in another case of pre-RTD Doctor Who regeneration effect being inconsistent. Um, Weird faces and lights. Weird faces yeah. and lights, baby. CGI morphing. Um, oh, God. And then, and then he ends up in this, like, disused part of the hospital and just, like, screaming, Who am I? <laughs> oh, my God. It got so uh, Christy. Like the yeah. like the the flowing shawl and he's like in the rain with the lightning he's like who am I with his arms <laughs> outstretched it got so hammy and dramatic and I was like I kind of vibe with that like honestly it fits his vibe because he's just like yeah it's he's, really fucking funny because he's very and much the like an Frankenstein parallels yeah 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 and they come up a lot throughout the whole movie. Um, yeah, he's very much just like an opera doctor. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that that was sort of my theory, like, watching the episode, that, like, because he died listening to opera music, like, it affected his personality. Yeah. He sort of got a opera poison, but now he came out, like, very, you know, the poet melodramatic doctor. 
Yeah. Um, I feel like the master specifically trying to steal the doctor's lives is a little weird, but eh, whatever. I mean, Minor as we know, whatever. if he managed to do it, he'd be stealing an infinite amount of lives. Because as we know... Uh, <laughs> please don't bring the Timeless Children into this otherwise great episode. Had to do it. Had to do it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it makes sense on the face of it. And then he steals the great costume. And I, I took a, uh, a screenshot here of him where he's still like regeneration sickness. Because he looks super fucking baked. And it's really funny. He looks fucking fried, dude. <laughs> uh. Also, then there's this weird one plot thing where the head of the hospital is like, okay, he has two hearts and then like lights the x-ray on fire, which gets her to quit and then this it feels like setting up a subplot that goes absolutely nowhere because he never shows up again yeah i thought that that was that was weird <laughs> there's so many things in this in this movie that you feel like okay if this was going to be like a setup for something else they they completely didn't do it right yeah or and also it feels like kind of a cliche that's just like yeah okay this this seems or like you know like x-files conspiracies you know yeah and then the doctor just kind of like <laughs> he just kind of like keeps like be like he eventually like grace eventually takes him home entirely because he just basically ends up like doesn't like keeps following her Yeah, he, he he comes on very strong, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. There's definitely some things, like, I feel like there was also some, some hubbub and uproar when this first came out, because this is the first time the Doctor kissed someone on screen after that, famously being the policy that he was not allowed to do that in Classic. Um, and I feel like the first like case or so i think is actually really fine because i feel like aid is absolutely the kind of person to platonically kiss people and not see like any sort of problem with that uh but then the one that's like actually upplayed more later on just feels like very token yeah it's just yeah, honestly, I think they have an okay dynamic. Like, I, I like their interactions. They're pretty all right. You know, they, they have some good back and forth, especially uh, right after that scene is sort of like, they're like, uh, he's like, no, you have to like, believe me, uh, spacey, timey-wimey things. And she's like, no. Name-dropping famous historical figures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. There's some nice witty banter there. Yeah. I also do kind of like one of the little things where it's it's kind of implied that he has sort of like low-level psychic and, and time-sensitive abilities, which it's, it's, it's shown in a way that isn't like... Like classic who didn't really do it, a modern who doesn't really do it like that. So that's that's pretty cool, I guess. What did he do again? Yeah, I can't remember. More setup, more setup for like I felt like I could care more about this character, mm -hmm. um, and her dynamic with him if they went again if there was a show to back it up. And I don't know if she yeah. gets like more stuff. I can't imagine she gets more stuff I, in audio because I imagine that actress is expensive. But the fact that they I don't, don't even mention her. Does. Well, she has showed up in audio, but I don't think she plays that character. She's a... And I don't... Uh, who, who is... Okay. I, I, 
I might just She's be mixing up. She's been on Star Trek. Yeah, okay, I was about yeah, to ask that. I DS9. was like, I might just be mixing up white women right now, but that's Beverly <laughs> Crusher, right? <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's no, it's not. Uh, I don't. I think she's a one-off character. She, yeah, I think she's in. Yeah, she was a one-off character in Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. I'm. T- I was getting white women mixed up then. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, ha- happens to all of us. But yeah, like the fact that she's not even mentioned in um, Night of the Doctor. Yeah, she appears. Like, she appears in a couple books, but not in. Not in the uh, books and and comics and stuff, but not in. The uh, not in Big Finish and not on screen again. Triste. Then we get to the scene where, as as we mentioned, like the doctor figures out who he is and uh, kisses Grace. Which, as I said, I don't have a problem with this first one. I think it makes sense in his character. It doesn't feel like yet. Well, yes, it is clearly there as a cliche. It doesn't feel quite as badly cliched as the one later on because it also perfectly fits Eight's character. Yeah, uh, it's very much in line with him being a sort of Victorian romantic sort of character. Yeah. I feel like the reason they have her ex as a thing at all is to justify her being as for it as she seems to be. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, I finally found the right man, and he's from another planet. And it's just like, okay, like, you killed him and you met, like, a couple hours ago. But, like, sure. <laughs> you weren't treated the best. I, 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 I get the temptation. Yeah. Um... <sighs> so, yeah, uh, then the master misleads... Uh, Chang Li and gets him to help him out. Uh, then there's the the little thing where he's he's well, is that here where they say he's half human? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, but... this is definitely one of the few places that you can't at all reconcile and feels like th- that was kind now. of a thing that survived from like there's like. There's been some things where, like, uh, like, th- like th- this went through a lot, like, not necessarily as a TV movie, but, like, as a revival, went through a lot of different interpretations, almost all of them, also, almost all of which were a lot worse than what we actually got, and a pretty common one is the Doctor being half-human, so that's just, I guess, like, Grandfather Dan... It would be easy to make that a joke, too, if it wasn't, like, an actual plot point. Yeah, it's... Because when he refers to it, he, he refers to it in a way that could be construed as a joke, but it's it's also a plot point, so... Yeah, and, and then, like, there's also a little bit of mess in, in at first, the, you know, the Master's like, ooh, the, the TARDIS likes you to, to Lee, and then later it's just like, oh, no, it actually just only opens for humans because of reasons, question mark. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, um... Then... Explain that one to me, Chief. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one was a little, uh... Hmm. Don't don't know what's going on there. Uh, then he walks through glass in a very janky effect to be like, oh, the world's breaking down because reasons. I'm not gonna lie, I watched the whole thing and I still didn't really follow why this stuff was happening other than the eye of harmony was open and doomsday plot yeah um there's a lot of unexplained questions in this one honestly it's a it's a little messy in terms of like actually fleshing out what the fuck is happening going back to uh journey to the center of the tardis i think there is some of that like reality is breaking down but even that is only within the ship and for some reason yeah. this affects the entire planet slash maybe solar system they're a bit vague about that <laughs> so whatever <laughs> yeah at first it's just like the planet and then it's like you know he has this little uh future vision thing on the ceiling 
which is pretty cool. That that was a cool thing. But then it's yeah. like, yeah, the whole solar system is gonna fucking explode. I guess. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> and then it's like, if we go in the past and do this one thing with the TARDIS doohickey and flip this switch, somehow that'll make that not happen. It's just, we'll get to it, but the entire third or, like, last act of this film is just kind of a mess. Yeah. That's the only yeah, kind of critique I have. Part there. Yeah, but we'll get it there. definitely doesn't stick the, the landing too well. And, and a lot of it is, like, I can pretty much, like, forgive it just because it's sort of, like, eh, it's not that important. <laughs> like, eh, it's, it's sci-fi bullshit, whatever, who cares. But, you know, it's, like, five or six things altogether that are, like, yeah, that doesn't really make any sense when they just sort of brush past it, and I'm not sure why they mention it. Yeah. Oh, uh, can I mention something? This kind of came up, like, really earlier, but it kind of happens at multiple points. I'd just like to give some minor props for some world building that I wish they kept in a monitor on the TARDIS. Like at the very beginning, it says like traveling to Gallifrey, uh, Rassilon era, and then some numbers. I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then later on it has the same thing, but for earth and it says humanian era or human. Oh yeah. That, that, that's, uh, that's referenced era. in big finish. Yeah. So like, I kind of, I, I wish that was a thing more. I guess that, like, kind of takes away the suspense of, like, oh, where are they going this week? But it was, like, yeah. it was a nice thing to know that there's, like, actually a function for that, because that, that would make sense. Um, yeah. Just a small, like, little detail that I felt, like, giving some praise to, because they, they miss it on a few occasions here. But it, it's yeah. fun. Then they have the lamest fucking action scene in the entire movie where like grace <laughs> manages to get the doctor onto an ambulance that's being driven by the master um but the doctor reveals the master's like weird reptile eyes that he has for some reason which causes the master to spit stuff at grace which like burns her skin and i guess uh, explains how she gets uh possessed later which was something i think when i was younger i missed which is so I didn't understand how any of that happened. Um, and then the doctor somehow, like, stops him with a fire extinguisher. Which hurts him, apparently. Like, how the <laughs> fuck does that... Why? <laughs> it's a fucking fire extinguisher, bro. How can you not take CO2? Um... Followed by the best action sequence. Yes, the best sequence where Eight uh, almost gets shot by a policeman, pulls out <laughs> some jelly babies, gives them to the policeman, and uses that distraction to grab his gun and be like, let me go before I shoot myself. That, that, that was a plan, I guess. <laughs> the only part that and I was just like... And they steal a fucking cop bike and leave. Yeah, and the police officer doesn't call anyone to go after them for some reason well because they shot the radio out oh they did but there yeah. were other police officers there he could have just walked over to any other of them and been like hey someone just threatened to shoot me and then stole my police bike <laughs> the, the dumbest yet best part is that he somehow gets grace along with this and he's just like you want to stop death remember and then she's like oh yeah and then like fucking like <laughs> sticks up the cop and i'm just like grace i love you grace, but please. like i don't buy this at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> well lee says uh at least uh eight said <laughs> fuck the police based comrade aiden grace <laughs> oh god uh. So yeah, then they uh, go into a, a motorcycle chase and, and go to this, like, atomic clock thing. Yeah, because they, go they, they need that for some reason. They don't really explain why. And then they why. have the most fucking unfortunate thing. The most unfortunate thing, which is they, they go up into, like, the tower. They go up into the tower and they see, like, four, like, security guards 
who are all drinking <laughs> with what the thing called gunk. But I just think about that one fucking South Park clip where like oh the my internet god. goes down oh my god. And, and and Randy doesn't have access to the internet for like a month. <laughs> Like, that, I'm not wrong. That's what it looks like, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. 90s TV overestimated our maturity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, okay, and then they, they, like, steal the atomic clock thing that they need for some reason that's not really explained. And then... They get past the security guard who stops them, but the doctor's like, oh, you should answer this question on your midterm next time. Uh, and then gives them a jelly baby and walks away, which is just like, all right. And, and then, they, like, then they jump out of this building by, like, going down a fire hose, which, like, that thing's gonna unspool as fast as possible. You're still gonna injure yourself jumping out of a window holding onto it. Yeah. And yeah. then they land on and dent a cop car. <laughs> Eight says a cab. <laughs> Eight cab, if you will. Yeah. Um, then it's revealed that the master was possessing Grace that whole time, and uh, she accosts uh, the doctor in the TARDIS, and then we move into this very cliche act three climax which honestly i'm just i'm scrolling through all of this and i'm just like okay <laughs> it's just a lot of things happen and none of it really like feels worth going into in that that much depth <laughs> unless you guys have something no it's Has just very it's a very hammy 90s climax it's just the 90s equivalent a of a bondian laser uh you know, girl strapped to the plate with the laser coming up towards her sort of yeah. finale. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. only thing that was notable just, to me was, like, fucking the master just, like, brutally snaps Chang Li's uh, Jesus neck Christ, and kills yeah. him. Oh, yeah. And, like, oh, I was oh, just like... Also, the, the master <laughs> in the outfit. That, that slap. That oh, yeah. Slap. Yeah. That, that's totally him. But, like, after that happened... Because I was just like, whoa, I don't think the, like, in New Who, the Master has killed some people in some pretty, like, unusual and brutal ways, but nothing so yeah. as, like, human or gritty. Yeah, I, I don't even know if they're allowed to show someone's neck getting snapped on the show. Like, I yeah. genuinely don't know if they're allowed to do that. I mean, British TV is, like, a little bit more lax on my li I mean, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, after that, it was just, like, kind of... It felt like it was just trying to extend itself to reach movie yeah. length. And it's already a short film, but by the time that Yeah, it's Grace, only an hour and a half. By the time Grace and the Doctor, like, get back, I was just like, okay, what bullshit is going to happen to extend this? Because the movie should end right fucking now. If this was an episode, yeah. it would end basically right now. So it was, yeah, li little disappointing and overdramatic and... Yeah. people holding idiot balls and just everything possible to extend it until the end which i actually thought was like okay when yeah. he finally says goodbye but until then it was just like okay yeah and then they they kiss while fireworks explode in the background and it's just like that's what i'm talking about of like this is bad cliche stupid because like he literally just met her and they don't have the greatest chemistry together and i don't buy it that fucking reminded me of the fucking, like, FF7R1 when Cloud sees, uh, Aerith in the dress and then just, like, his eyes go wide and then the fireworks explode. I was just like, okay, yeah. you might as well, movie. You might as well give it to me. Well, also, to be fair, uh, Cloud, uh, Cloud and Aerith have much better chemistry and everyone is significantly hotter in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, 
And then they the last thing is him putting on the record, which skips in the exact place, same place, which is a pretty nice kind of. It's a, probably I think like probably the best ending that they probably could have gotten out of that. <laughs> um. See, so yeah, I guess uh, moving on to ratings. Um. Yeah, as I said, while it may be somewhat covered in the dust of. 1990s America and made-for-TV movie uh, low budgets. The show that I love is clearly there. I can see how some of this might have influenced RTD. Paul McGann is lovely, even if he's wearing a wig, so he can't really express himself as well. Um... Uh... Yeah. Uh, Eric Roberts is is great, even if some of the mechanics is kind of whack. The plot is kind of nonsensical, but Paul McGann makes it all work. The aesthetic design of the TARDIS is absolutely lovely. Um, I feel like I just got I got to give it an eight out of ten. Um. Yeah, this this movie was really enjoyable. I enjoyed it more than I thought. Um, pretty much all of it, genuinely. I liked seeing some vestiges of, like, classic with just the ridiculous master mechanics of how he just seems to, like, yeet away from all the consequences for him. I like seeing some of what would be used in the revival to come. Um, the chemistry wasn't the best. Uh, the third act was kind of messy, but, like, all in all, still enjoyable. I would recommend people, um, it's not like a don't skip nine situation, but if... Yeah, you if don't you're have enjoying, to watch this, but it's Yeah, if neat. you're enjoying the show and you'd like to fill yourself in on some of the lore, um, it's a good time enough. But as I said, the third act kind of really slogs it down for me. The, like, Care Bear love friendship is power thing with the two companions coming back and then they don't even like go off with him they just like leave it was kind of just like eh i don't know <laughs> um still a solid time though uh probably would be a seven out of ten if not for the third act so i'm gonna give it a six god damn yeah <laughs> um i yeah i mean i said at the beginning i really like this you know Obviously, there's some mess around the edges, but, like, honestly, for me personally, like, I don't care too much about, you know, silliness, contrivances, or things not totally making sense, as long as there's, like, entertainment and a good flow to it, and there was never really a point where I was, like, too caught up in, like, the bullshit to be like, hey, I don't like this, you know, uh, at every point I was like, eh, uh, it's it's enough you know at every point the bullshit was in such a way that i could just sort of keep rolling with it uh and i just had a lot of fun with the characters i thought this doctor is very good um i will just say that straight up i i really like this doctor and you know i've uh, i'm almost considering getting into big finish just so i can see more of yeah. it hear more Same. of him i guess um yeah and we might talk about, hopefully we'll, we'll talk about some of that in the future, too. Uh, yeah, um, fucking, uh, 8.5 out of 10. It's, 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 it's a pr pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I'm not gonna do a next time plug because I don't know what we're doing next time. I think I'm gonna try and plan to do one of these bonus episodes about every month. Maybe not exactly every month, just because A, sometimes some months have five weeks in them and not four and sometimes there are scheduling things but i'm probably going to try and do these every month and like i did this time i'm going to set up a, a twitter poll with options to see what you guys uh want to cover um so yeah uh until then you can follow the podcast on twitter at b2 tardis pod um you can also support us on patreon Unless you are one of the people who supported us on Patreon and are getting access to this episode early because of it. Um, but if you haven't, you can, and you'll get access to bonus episodes like these earlier. 
as well as uh, being able to uh, listen in on our live recordings or get uh, episodes a week, uh, not a week, uh, a day early. Um, I'm Jeff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WheatleyDL, and uh, I'm trying to do a little bit more Twitch stuff, and on there I'm uh, WheatleyDLT because unfortunately... I screwed up, and the account I use isn't the account that I have under the name Wheatley DL, and I can't change it back yet. So, yeah, uh, I'm gonna hopefully be streaming a bit more in the weeks to come. I've been playing uh, Dishonored on stream, uh, Low Chaos, without uh, saves coming, and it's been pretty fun. I'm not really entirely sure what I'm doing in the future. Um, maybe I might uh, try and set up fall at new vegas and play the uh the doctor who mod that's included in that uh but yeah i am skylar you can follow me at twitter at sky high nine underscore five um for all your mediocre shit posting needs uh i am the master's acid come and you can follow me at feet detector on twitter.com uh and until then, we'll see you all next time.